0: And welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. As always, I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined by Tom Robinson, who is no doubt euphoric as we start today's podcast. And Tom, it's not because we're talking about one of the best up and coming players in Brazil, it's because your beloved Aston Villa are back in the Premier League. How are you feeling?
1: Oh, I'm on cloud nine, Austin. I, I really am. It's still still not sunk in. I couldn't really sleep last night at all. So I'm kind of a weird, drained, but also still absolutely buzzing feeling. So yeah, it's uh, it's very nice. And what could be, you know, the, the cherry on the, on the cake or the icing on the cake is uh, chatting to you about young South
0: American talent. So life isn't getting much better right now. Would you put a cherry on top of a cake? I feel like you need you need to put the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake for that to make sense from a culinary perspective, right?
1: Uh, okay, yeah, I mean let, I'll, I'll stick to fo- football and not baking Austin. You can uh, you, you can start your own baking spotlight
0: podcast uh, straight after this uh, with those kind of expertise. I will say having lived at home for the past few months, I have watched a lot more food network than I did previously. <laughs> Uh, But let's get right into it, Tom. Today we're talking about Henan Logi, an up-and-coming fullback for Brazilian outfit Atletico Paranaense. He's 21 years old. He plays on the left side as a fullback. And Tom, we like to try and stay away from the typical stereotypes about young players, at least on this podcast. But it's fair to say that when you think of a Brazilian fullback and you think of the characteristics that they have, the abilities that they have, and what they do best on a football pitch... Henan Loji is, is that type of player when you think of a Brazilian fullback.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to just trot out these lazy comparisons, but he does hit all those archetypal um, attributes that you expect. He's got great pace, great great stamina, um, gets up and down the flank all game and, and gives his side great width. Um, but I think there's a bit more to him than, than purely just a cavalier fullback. I think his defensive work is very good. Um, He's also um, got a very good cross on him, which I don't think that necessarily all um, of the young Brazilian fullbacks that we've seen come through necessarily have. So I think I think there's a few elements to him that make him a little bit more than that typical fullback but by certainly he's not too far off uh, what we've uh, come to expect um yeah when it comes to a, a player in that position
0: from Brazil. I think Tom one of the things that sticks out most to me when when I watch this kid play for Atletico Paranaense who have been quite good over the past couple of years. They've got a really interesting group of young talent in there right now. They had a good start in their Libertadores campaign. They're into the round of 16. Uh, They've got a good manager uh, in Thiago Nunez who's who's doing quite well with them. But the thing that sticks out the most is his ability on the ball and his delivery. And I think that's something that as we look towards the future with this player and as we look towards what he could do for, for one of the bigger European sides, His ability to cross the ball and his ability to put the ball in dangerous areas for talented attacking players is what sets him apart and what is going to have all of the big clubs, and they already are snapping at Atletico, trying to get this player on their books because of that ability, that delivery, which can be so, so crucial in the modern game.
1: Yeah, I think that's what does make him that sort of next level, let's get really excited about this guy kind of talent, because, you know, as we've seen from all the top sides in Europe, um, not only, you know, have fullbacks been an integral part of, um, you know, Providing overlaps and um, and overloads on, on on the flanks, but certainly just looking at Liverpool for example, the the amount of assists that that Robertson and Alexander Arnold are able to get, um you know, Renan Lodi is um he's he's in that mould as well as um not only as I said getting up and down and um you know bursting into the box and and getting to the byline, but he's got that ability to to whip balls in and and that is not only it's just such a uh, creative position as well as um, something that was maybe a tactical innovation a, a little while back. But it, this is now sort of the the next level of these, these sort of winger like fullbacks in terms of what they can provide with it, with the ball at the feet, like you said. So, yeah, I think that's, for me, that's, that's what he, uh, he, he really brings. And um, yeah, he's, he, he makes good decisions as well. There's, he doesn't try and overdo things. He 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 can come in, come inside if he wants. He can, he's got quick feet and acceler- acceleration to go either way. Um, chips in with a couple of goals, so there, there, there's an overall well-rounded uh, element to his game that I, I really like
0: as well. A pair of goals in the Libertadores group stage this year, Tom. Though both of those did come against not a great defensive team. And Jorge Wilsterman. sorry to our <laughs> our friend Eddie Zenteno. Do you think goal scoring is something that we could see a part of his game going forward, or just the the odd goal here and there, and not necessarily something you would rely on as, as a squad?
1: Yeah, it's it's not going to be uh, get part of his game that he's he's going to be hitting double figures or anything like that. But you know, it's it's just another string to his bow in in terms of if if he gets in those positions, you know, sort of cutting in from the flank, that that he can also and pop up there and it just keeps fullbacks and, and wingers guessing really. So yeah, there's, there's uh, a lot to like about him and he's at, you know, perfect club. That's going to give him the, the platform to, to go and and do interesting things. You know, as you said, there, um, atletico Bernance, they, uh, they've done well in the, the Libertadores. They're in the knockout stages. They won the Sudamericana last year. So he's getting really good um, experience at club level. And, Along with the likes of Bruno Guimaraes, he's, you know, there's some really, really exciting, dynamic uh, players
0: coming out of that squad right now. Tom, we've been doing these podcasts for a couple of years now. And I have to say, your Portuguese has not gotten any better since we started. <laughs> yeah. Xenon is Logi. That, is that any better? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. It just doesn't sound just very wish... natural. It doesn't really roll off your tongue like it should.
1: No, no, no. I will stick to the Spanish. It's it's almost you know too similar that uh that yeah. Sometimes you just got to say, look, I'm, I'm never, gonna, I'm I'm not going to be mastering these uh Rs at the start of the word. So let's not try and try and be something I'm not. I mean, I I, I wish I had your ability. You know, your English accent, for example, is uh, next level.
0: Not gonna break that out on this podcast. There's not a role Damn for it. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, I think one of the things that, that stands out with, with on Loji to me that I've really appreciated is his composure as well. You mentioned his decision-making ability earlier on the show. Uh, he always seems to be to be making the right pass. But I think when you watch him play and when you sit and you, you watch him over the course of a match, there's a lot of moments where he just takes a really composed touch. Uh, he'll get the ball. Maybe maybe it's in defense, you know, and there's, there's an attacking player kind of bearing down. And a lot of fullbacks, particularly young ones, under pressure, their first instinct is just to get the ball out. And that's not a bad instinct because you can't make a mistake if you just hack the ball clear. But he has the presence of mind or the poise to take an extra touch, to play himself into space, and then allow to to maybe build an attack from there or pick a better clearance that actually maybe gives a teammate a chance to do something with that. And he's composed on the ball in the midfield. He'll get the ball and he'll make that surging run forward but then he'll stop and he'll cut back and he'll find that space. And I think that's something that can so often make a difference for a fullback is, okay, he can defend. Okay, he's good when he's just bombing forward. But what is he like when he's in a tight space? Because it's not all the time that you're going to have that big space to run into down the left side. In his career, he's probably going to come up against a lot of teams that refuse to give him that sort of space. So what can he do when he's in those tighter spaces? Can he make those kind of quick passing moves? Can he take that extra touch to pick out a better pass and create more of an attack? And I think that that's something that he absolutely has in his game, and that's one reason why I think all of the big clubs that we've seen are so interested in him because they have seen that sort of composure that he has on the ball.
1: Yeah, spot on. And and as as you said, with that decision making, also from a defensive point of view, he do, he doesn't dive into challenges. He you know he's he's got a fairly good dis- uh, disciplinary record, and I, I think that's that's the thing for me that's maybe ju- uh, jumps out as why he's just that little bit different. You know, as we said, ticks all the boxes from what you'd usually expect, but just has those. That little bit, maybe more intelligence, composure, confidence to to do these kind of things. A bit like we saw with Eder Militao as well, in terms of someone who has all the raw attributes, but has shown in his in his brief time that he's he belongs there at the top level. And and how do you see him in terms of a potential interna- a senior international? And and what do you think is is that what makes him stand out from
0: maybe some of the other the other young left back talents that we've seen come out of Brazil in recent years? Yeah, very quickly, first on the disciplinary record that you mentioned, Tom, six Libertadores group stage matches. He played 90 minutes in all six matches and didn't pick up a single caution, which if you've watched any Libertadores football for an amount of time, for a fullback to play six group stage matches, including two of them against a pretty talented Boca junior side, and to come away without being booked is a pretty impressive feat for any fullback, particularly how much he was able to kind of get involved with the play there. So tip of the cap to him for that. Um, when it comes to his international future with Brazil, you and I were talking about this pre pod. The Brazilian fullbacks are in a pretty interesting spot right now when you look at both the right and the left. In that, on the left side, Marcelo won't be playing at this Copa America, which means Felipe Luiz is going to be the starter. He's 33 maybe he can stick around until 2022, but I think that might be a bit of the stretch. On the right side, of course, Danny Alves is 36. This is probably his last hurrah. And the backup on the right side is a 29-year-old named Fagner from Corinthians, who is completely fine at right back. One of Cheech's favorite players. He played under Cheech at Corinthians. Doesn't exactly inspire confidence. And there's not necessarily that Left back air, if you will, there's not that player that you look at and say, Okay, this guy is going to be Brazil's next left back after the Marcelo Felipe Luiz generation is done. Alexandro is in this squad, he's 28, he's been in and out of Brazil squads. Uh, Alex Teles is, is another player for Porto, he's only been capped once for Brazil. So, I think there's a real opportunity for a player like Hanon Logi, he's 21. But as, as the Brazil squad kind of recycles following this Copa America, and particularly if they win this Copa America, I think they will be able to send a fairly experimental side into next year's Copa America. There could be a huge opportunity for a player like Hanon Logi, for some of these other younger fullbacks, To really kind of step into that role and say, hey, I can play here and I can play here for a long time. So depending, you know, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to the Brazilian national team. And very few things are are certain with the Brazilian national team. Um, But he's the type of player that I think could step into that role over the next couple of years and really make a name for himself. And there is that opportunity and Tom, it's not often that you can say there is opportunity at a position with the Brazilian national team because of how much competition there is. But left back might be one of those positions where there is an opportunity for a player like Hanon Logi. That doesn't mean he's going to be the next Brazilian left back, but there's an opportunity there for him to step into that space and, and make a name for himself.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting, you know, point you developed there because, you know, when I first looked at it, I kind of thought, Oh geez, he's got, you know, a good four, five fairly established guys and then he's got another couple of you know good young players you know a couple that we've we've uh, profiled here on the spotlight uh, uh, pod before and so I was thinking you know whereas right back there does seem to be much more of a an opening there but yeah you know from after after you've kind of convinced me that actually this could be quite a good transitional time to to you know surge in like he does from that left back position and 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 grab the position for himself and I mean we've we've seen the likes of uh Georges and Guillermo Arana um s- sort of struggle since they've moved to Europe do you think there's um a warning sign there at all that uh, you know that he might follow in their footsteps or do you think he's got a, a chance of uh, overtaking both of those guys
0: yeah I, I think it just kind of illustrates the point And and it's a point that that you and I have made, you know, for years now on this podcast. It seems that that move has to be right for these young players or else next thing you know, 12, 18 months, two years of their development is is kind of gone. Georgie, um, really good at Flamengo, moved to Europe, uh, probably shouldn't have gone to a Monaco situation that we saw didn't go very well for them this year. He's back under Jorge Sampaoli at Santos and is kind of almost restarting his career from where he was at Flamengo. Guillermo Arana also moved to Europe and now he's been heavily linked with a move back to Corinthians. Again, maybe trying to restart things. And that's the thing that I think is, is so interesting with players like this is not every move is a slam dunk. And even really talented players can make a move and struggle Um, you know, Gabigol has been fantastic when playing domestically in Brazil, but hasn't yet been able to to make a name for himself over in Europe. And I think to kind of take this conversation to another subject, that's almost why a player like Everson is still at Gremio, even though he's 23, because he knows that he can consistently play and he can be in the conversation for a Brazil squad. A move is going to have to happen at some point, but it can be so difficult to make the right move. Uh, Players like Davi Gineris at Ajax, Bisharlison at Watford and then Everton. Okay, they made the move and it worked. But there's a lot of examples of player who, who make the move and then it doesn't necessarily work. And that, I think, is is the question with on Loji, is what is that move going to be? because Tommy's really going to have the, the pick of, of where he wants to go. Um, Manchester City have been reportedly keeping tabs on him. All of the kind of traditional Brazilian stopover points, you know, anything in Portugal. Shakhtar Donetsk are, are apparently interested. Atletico Madrid uh, have actually put in a bid for him that was rejected by Atletico Paranaense. Big difference there between the Atletico and the Atletico, Tom, uh, in case you were wondering there. <laughs> yep. um, but so that's the interesting thing is, He's going to have a lot of choices to choose from, but which one does he actually then end up taking and, and where does that kind of put his career?
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many moving parts when it comes to a transfer. And, you know, even if it doesn't work out somewhere, it doesn't mean that someone's not a, not a good player. So like you said, obviously we've seen these guys who've who've gone, not maybe kicked on because the, the situation isn't right or for whatever reason, it's not worked out. But... Um, but I think we can we can agree that Genan um, Lodi is, is a really good player, and, and there's a reason why all these top top clubs are looking for him. I mean, Atletico Madrid have had that 18 million offer turned down, um, and it, you could see why they'd be looking looking for for a replacement there, because it looks like there's going to be a big rebuild um, there um, this summer. You know. Felipe Luis is, is going to probably be off. They're going to have a lot of money from the sales of Griezmann. Um, and there's probably going to be, a, a you know, a fair few other players going through the door. Godin, another one who's leaving. Um, so they're in need of a, a new fullback. They've got money. Um, so those reasons alone, you would kind of think that he would fit the bill. And he's got all those qualities that you could see Simeone liking. But realistically, sort of, any top European club in need of a left back, you know, you mentioned city there. I think that's a position that they've kind of not struggled to fill, but because, but Mendy's been injury prone and, and there's, you know, questions about his, uh, sort of how, how seriously maybe he takes it. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a, there's a gap there. You know, I've seen Juve are also keen. So there's plenty of places he could go and do well. And it's it's a tough tough decision to say whether that's going to be a, a good one or not because going into such a big established side with with high expectations straight away is is going to be a different kettle of fish to uh, going into maybe a smaller side where you can be a guaranteed starter. the uh, you know, the limelight's not going to be quite as high, and you can kind of go about your business. But I think realistically, he's going to be priced priced those kind of mid tier clubs out of it and he's gonna have to go to one of these big um big super clubs
0: and it's kind of single swim basically yeah but one of the things that's interesting is I think his style of play is almost suited for a bigger club than a smaller club in that the way that he plays and the ability that he has it doesn't necessarily mean that he would be successful at a bigger club but the skill set and the attributes that he has I think kind of almost picks him out more for a bigger club than necessarily kind of that traditional mid-tier La Liga, mid-tier Italian that move that we sometimes, you know, advocate for as a as a potential stopover. And so perhaps that would almost have me leaning more towards maybe one of the bigger Portuguese sides or one of the bigger Dutch sides, um, where we've seen, you know, we saw Davi Junior go to Ajax and have so much success there. So could perhaps that maybe be the best move for him to where the domestic games that he's playing, he's playing in a big side uh, that is seeing a lot of the ball and that kind of puts out to his skill set, but is also then getting that experience uh, internationally, you know, in the Champions League against kind of the bigger European sides. I think that might be. If I were his agent, if I were advising – well, if I were his agent, I'd just take the biggest offer and then pocket the change for myself. <laughs> but if I were advising him and had no financial stake in it, that might be kind of where I might kind of push him towards one of those moves. Well, yeah. I mean I
1: I think they would be great places for him to develop. But I just don't think that they're going to be spending probably – you're probably going to need at least twenty to $25 million to prize him away. I genuinely think that that's going to be the kind of figure that he goes for I, – I, I'm pretty sure he's got a release clause of around 40. I don't think you'll need to pay that much, but the fact that 18 million has already been turned down, I, as much as, you know, the likes of some of these big clubs from, you know, maybe what you'd call second tier nations, uh, uh, you know, they they've got money, but I don't think they've necessarily got that much to, to to go to go for him there. So maybe that's why you could see someone like Shakhtar with their you know Brazilian links, and clearly they've they've got money, and they don't mind spending a fair bit when they know that they can probably um, sell them for for double two years down the line. Why somewhere like that might work, but um, yeah, I, I I think you're right in terms of if if you're wanting what's best for the player, then you know a Porto or an Ajax or, or what have you would be would be excellent. But I I have a feeling that he's almost going to be catapulted above that um, that level of club what well, in terms of just the financial clout that they do or don't have so it's going to be a really interesting summer for him and there's going to be plenty of clubs battling for him um and you know if he wants to come across to birmingham then you know he he, he can definitely fight it out with neil taylor for a spot at, um, at villa park if he wants
0: is, is there that type of money floating around villa now tom that you've gone up uh, just gonna drop 30 million on a uh, an, an unproven top level brazilian left back I, I'm in
1: that I mean that is my dream that is that is everything I want from my club but uh, yeah probably not
0: <laughs> I have a uh, a lightly used Eric Peters that uh I, I can offer you from from Stoke City if you're interested it'd probably be a bit cheaper
1: yeah I'm gonna pass on that We I mean, you know we've, we've got Glenn Whelan I think that's about as much Stoke as uh we
0: need in our squad That's fair. That's fair. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for all the latest from us. All that's left for me to say is goodbye.